Welcome to For the Long Run, the podcast exploring the why behind what keeps runners running long, strong, and motivated. I'm your host, Jonathan Levitt. I've been running for a few years now and have the privilege of meeting many incredible runners on my travels all across the country. This podcast is intended to share those amazing conversations. This week's episode is with Anna Mae Flynn. Anna Mae and I sat down in Tahoe the week of Western States, a race she had trained all spring for, but decided not to start as her body wasn't totally prepared for it yet. We talked about how, despite how hard of a decision this was, it was the right one with the goal of longevity in the sport in mind. Anna Mae opened up a lot about her struggles and triumphs of late, and it was really amazing to see this unfold firsthand out in Squaw Valley. I had the pleasure of seeing her interacting with so many fans and friends in the trail community, which seemed to help her a ton, and she realized quickly that we're all more than just our race results. We talked about how she wanted to be a bit more public with her journey in hopes that it'll help others. I hope you enjoy our conversation as much as I did. All right, welcome back. I am here with Anime Flynn in Truckee, California, in beautiful Lake Tahoe. We're staring at some big, big trees and a very blue sky, and it's gorgeous out here. So, Anime, thanks for uh, thanks for joining in today. Yeah, of course, Jonathan. Thank you. Of course. So, um, do you want to give a little intro on uh, on who you are, and then we'll go from there? Yeah, uh, my name is Anime Flynn, and I race for Hoka One One and. Honey Stinger and um, Little Tree Labs is a small sponsor of mine. Um, and I'm getting into racing longer ultras little by little. Sweet. Um, so we're here in, in beautiful Lake Tahoe. Um, you were originally here planning to run Western States 100 miler. Um, and now you're not. And we've talked at length about, <laughs> we've talked at length about the the honoring your body and listening to your body and doing things that are uh, powerful and important for longevity while also balancing the like I want to go do epic things right now so let's just dive right into it um last week you decided you weren't running western states um what was what was that like what was it like coming to terms with um with that um i guess in a nutshell uh in a couple words is really tough um and i had some really emotional lows um some bouts of some depression and uh self-worth was at some high like some really low moments um so I just kind of had to persevere and, um, I kind of went off social media completely, um, and went off Strava and just took some time to listen to myself. Definitely. And we've talked about the fact that you now want to share this with, on social media, write a blog, talk on a podcast, you know, mm -hmm. this is a very public um, public forum and, and you mentioned you wanted to share your, your decision on social media and, and connect with people on that. What's, what's, what's that been like? What's been the reception of, of how you've shared it? Actually, I've found it pretty profound because 
Um, ultimately in my mind, I think I'm always driven to, for the acceptance and the community in a win. So winning a race is the ultimate or has been kind of in the forefront of my mind. And, um, my ego is kind of like, you know, there with me Right. and letting the ego aside and being fully human and humble and saying, Hey, I can't do this has really opened up some doors and some opportunity for the community to reach out and show me that they care for me, regardless of whether you're on podium or you're showing that you're human and, um, yeah, being real. And, um, cause ultimately we all want to be out running and enjoying our life and, um, so chasing a race in a short, t- a short term type satisfi- satisfaction isn't the end all be all. Definitely. How do you think that that realization will change your approach and attitude going forward or, or will it change it going forward? Um, I mean, like I said before, like definitely chasing podium and winning is, you know, kind of in the forefront of my training, but I've spent many months in the build for the season. And so I've had a lot of time to kind of, um, rearrange my goals and health is a priority. So I think moving forward, I'm just more, I think I'm going to be more in tune to how my body is feeling before a race. And I think, being at the level that I'm now finding myself or have like luckily and through everything that I've done over the years has brought me to this place of this platform to where I can really kind of back out. I guess I could back out of a race if I'm feeling like it's like, it's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world, but it has been the end of the world. It has been the end of the world. And I think, trying to get to this place has been a struggle and I've entered into several races, not hundred percent. And I've seen where that goes and it's not pretty and it takes a lot longer to get out of that hole. So yeah. What was it like sharing that with the community that was here for broken arrow? Um, we're out in squaw and you know, hundreds and thousands of people are, are there for the 26k and the 52k mm-hmm. um people coming up to you petting your dogs playing with your dogs yeah, all yeah. that fun stuff um what was what was it like being so immersed in that community in with that weekend in particular well at first um so morgan artola who got first in the vk and second in the 26k um had been corresponding with me going into the race weekend and I had shared with her that I was really hesitant about going into squat and, um, and felt really emotional, especially that morning when I ended up going to the race, but she was like, I really want to see you. Like, I'm sure everything will be fine. Like, and so I kind of just, again, swallowed my pride and went for it and showed up for the VK and I kind of like skipped the village and just started like running up the VK route with my dogs. And then Morgan saw me and 
she's about to race in five <laughs> minutes and she runs up the hill and gives me a big hug and she's like, everything's going to be okay. And I'm going to cry. <laughs> she's like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Like if you're just because you're not doing a race or you're not achieving a goal that you and you feel like you're letting people down. You're not letting us down. You're not letting me down and you're still my friend. And so it was just like one of those connections where I felt a little bit of release. And then as I continued to run up the mountain, I had all this like rush of feelings of racing previously and just like getting excited to cheer for people. And then afterwards I went down the village and just just connecting with everyone. There was never any kind of mention about why I was pulling out of Western States. There was no like questions that I, that like, questions that I, I was afraid of people asking, like just never even came up. It was just like, Oh my gosh, how are you? I miss you. And just that connection with a community that has, is growing into a family had really just kind of surfaced and, I let all my fears and expectations go away and it was just one big happy like, party after that. So, um, to say that I, I don't know, I'm just feeling a lot more relieved and, um, feel like I've had some kind of like figurative hug and like a consolation just from the weekend. And, um, so yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so my coach David Roche is a big fan of yours um and uh he in the book that he wrote with his wife he starts it off by saying we're all going to die this mm-hmm. is all completely meaningless um in the end and, and they even said it at at the beginning of of the races this weekend um the the race announcer the race director said you know when your light's gone out and and um when you, when your light's gone out and your time is up, mm-hmm. you're only going to remember your friends, your family, mm-hmm. and epic days in the mountain pushing pushing your body. No mention of winning, no mention of podiums, mm-hmm. no mention of you know PRs. It's all about friends, family, and having fun doing what what you love. Mm-hmm. Um, and I th- I think that was a profound statement that he made he he wasn't you know, i'm sure not a ton of thought went into it but it's just like that thing where that that kind of thing where it's like yeah that that is what what we'll remember it's mm-hmm. not you came in first here and third here second mm-hmm. here fifth here or dnf'd here it's it's what did you bring to the community what did you um what did you contribute to to mm-hmm. to human humanity mm-hmm. um and and i think that's what matters Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you balance that as a pro athlete where you have sponsors that, um, you know, pay the bills and is there an expectation for performance or is it engagement? What's, what's the, the piece that's communicated to you in terms of, you know, Hoka or Honey Stinger or whoever it might be? Is it, is it, we want anime, the human to be awesome and, and contribute to the community or is there a, is there a performance aspect that is alluded to as well? Um, I mean, I think with the, I guess I would say my personal fallout with Western States, there was no repercussion. So 
Um, I, all I felt was love and support and, um, and like on to the next and, you know, you know, your body. And so I think that there's this, you know, I think it's just all in my mind. You know, I think there's, it's just the drive in the athlete to perform. Right. And so I think you said it well, and Brendan said it well, is that you, you, I'm constantly reminded of like, even with like Sonoma, it's like, Oh yeah, that's a win. But it was almost like maybe five days later, I was just over it and already thinking of the next race. So, you know, and like, it's just, it's just one aspect of that long-term goal of just, like you said, what are people are going to remember? What am I going to remember? And I don't want to be this, you know, angsty runner trail lady who's made no friends and has been, um, competitive with all the females and they've just like talked behind their backs and, you know, have been jealous and envious and all this. And then I'm 50 and have no friends. And what do you want to be remembered for? (laughs) Yeah. What do you want to be remembered for? Um, you know, I don't know. I guess I just, I'm kind of trying to be more open, um, you know, as my person and just kind of whatever people are getting from me. Like, I'm just like, it's my, I'm really honored to have this, I don't know, this running career, which I had never seen to, or had foreseen to come true. So I'm like, I'm not sure right now. I'm hoping that they see something genuine in me and, um, can not be afraid to be in the mountains. I think specifically for females, I get a lot of questions from females that are, um, just trying to hone in their, um, comfort, like being comfortable in the mountains and being able to go alone. And so that's something that I'm starting to kind of feel just ever so slightly that's kind of coming out in what I do. So, yeah. Cool. And you mentioned uh, a few days ago that like being this open isn't like, it's not what you're used to. Um, Is how, is it difficult to do it? Um, it can be because I can get really, um, like I can definitely get very closed off and I can kind of feel that when I'm with immersed around people that I want to shy away after, you know, 10 minutes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Or like, you know, being at broken arrow for two days was like enough for me. Yeah. It's a lot. It was a lot of stimulation. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I was like, Hey, that's enough. Um, so I really like to hone in my practice and I like to be alone. So, um, like given I live in marble, it's just, it's what I enjoy. like hermit life. So, um, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) but I definitely have a presence on social media, but it's not really any, like specific form or I, it's just me like using running with dogs. Yeah. Like here I am, I'm running here. I am doing this. Like it's, there's no like thought process really to it. It's just doing it so I can share my life with people. So what got you into running initially? Um, initially, I don't know. I feel like I just, I'm, 
fairly, I've got a free spirit and I grew up in the Appalachian mountains in North Carolina. And I, my parents didn't allow us to watch TV and, um, no sugar. And they were like very strict about all of that. So, um, I just like ran around barefoot in the woods just, so I just kind of started young and, um, every time like I would get into soccer or basketball and obviously like my like skills on the court were just not there, but I could just like run on the court all day and not be tired. So the coach would like keep me in. <laughs> and so it just like, it just kind of happened naturally. And I joined track when I was in middle school and then just continued to run. When did you realize that you could do this? Maybe not professionally, but, um, Maybe when did you realize that you were gifted, talented, you know, a little bit better than average? Um, I don't think I've, honestly, I don't think that I think that, like, I don't, I think I've heard that I've had, I have talent. Like, honestly, the one person that like sticks in my mind is Jim and I were pretty good friends when, before he took the, like the wrong turn or we still are friends, but we were pretty good friends before he took the wrong, the wrong turn. turn. The was he, wrong he stopped, turn. he stopped being your friend. Well, we were like still friends, but it just, we were still friends, but he lives in Arizona and I live in Colorado and, but, um, we used to stay in touch a lot more and, uh, he would always just be like, you have a lot of talent, but I don't understand your training. Cause he follows me on Strava and he'd be like, I don't understand what you're doing. It doesn't make sense to me. And I think I've always had that in the back of my head that like, I can kind of just show up on race day and get something done. But he's like, you really need to, you know, you need to start training and train appropriately and read this, do this, you know, like check this stuff out. And so it just took me a while to kind of like figure out my rhythm. And now that I'm feeling like I'm caught up to speed with like, the other competitors, um, I feel like I have a lot of room for improvement. So I guess I could say that I've actually been putting hard work. So I guess it's yet to be known like what I'm capable of. So I'm, I still don't feel like I've really achieved anything like warranted of my own goals and aspirations. So it's good. You got to stay hungry. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Um, one of the things that we've been talking about is the the concept of rest and recovery and and like you know people race a hundred miler and then run ten miles mm-hmm. three days later, or you know they then run another race a month later mm-hmm. weeks later mm-hmm. you know whatever yeah. it might be oh man yeah I can um, talk to that. let's let's do it dive into it okay. what oh wow um yeah, so I'm Actually, like at this point, I would say I'm pretty against running old, like more than like three ultras in a year. And I know that there's a lot of elites that will, you know, they'll race Western States and they'll race, then they'll do hard rock or they'll do like two hundreds even. And I'm saying ultra as in like 50 K. Like if I think a hundred, I'm like, you're just one and done, at least yep. for me. Um, and so, and what I mean for me is the, I feel like the literature that I've read um, shows that you really need a fairly long chunk of time to build your aerobic capacity before you can build in any form of speed training, really like 
that specific for your race. Um, you also have to build in some strength training. Um, so like, let's say you're racing a 50 or you did, if you do your marathon, um, and, or like a road marathon is that ultimately you need about a month to recover from a marathon. So if you're thinking a 50 K or 50 mile, um, we're talking very minimal speed after that, or you could see a very huge lag from your previous race or like lag as in you kind of like, if I see it, say it is like, you have like this train coming at you with like all of this, you know, training that you've put in, then you kind of top that off with a race. Then you kind of have this situation where you almost have like a, it turns into a bullet train. And then if you're not like gently getting back into your training and give yourself enough time to ramp back up, then that bullet train can hit you pretty hard and you are going to feel fatigue. You can feel pretty much feel your marathon or your 50 K or your 50 mile a month after. Um, and so I think ultimately that's what I'm feeling is I raced like Sonoma on April 16th and there's this fatigue that kind of sits in into your legs. You start to kind of feel like a haze, or I feel like a kind of a haze. And then ultimately it's like, if you're not listening to that, you can fall into an overtraining syndrome. And that's not just like, you know, these hundred mile, like Scott Jurek or, um, all of these, you know, Timothy Olson or any of these other guys it's, or gals, um, it's a real thing that can happen to anyone. And, um, we're talking your heart rate, your adrenals, we're talking, um, really messing up your body, your cortisol levels. And I actually have a really close friend right now. And I don't want to disclose who this is, but it's, this person is going through a really, really hard time right now. Um, and just did a back to back, like a schema race and then did a, like a longer, wanted to get back into training and then just like kind of went into it, nothing too hard, but just started to get the volume up and is now laying in bed, can't really eat well, can't sleep well, um, having rapid heart rate. Anyways, I'm just saying like you, I'm kind of seeing that for myself, if I want to go do a 50 miler and do my best in a 50 and really from the beginning, from the start of the race to end the race, I'm in my zone three, zone four. Like if I'm going to then put in some training to try to do a hundred miler, that's an 18 hour race. Or in my case, like at this point, I'm trying to go as fast as possible. So maybe I'm trying to break the record. You know, if I want to break the record at Western States, then I'm going to do my golden ticket in January and then I'm going to rest for a month and then I'm going to like really go for Western States. So I felt like this year I had some hiccups in my hips and stuff. And it's like, there's so many people that I talk to, they're like, eh, you know, it just kind of works itself out or, you know, you just, you just kind of deal and you, everybody has aches and pains. And I'm like, F that shit. <laughs> like, I do not want to have messed up funky, funky knees or like weird hips at 32 or rather even at 40 or 45. Like I want to be like Magda and possibly win Western States in my forties or maybe tackle UTMB in my forties. Like I don't want to be here and be in my prime. And then like a year later, you know, be bedridden or like walking around with some type of, 
issue. Yeah. So anyways, so, I could keep talking. This is a whole other. Yeah. Let, that's, <laughs> yeah. This is the, this is the kind of stuff that I, that I think is so important for, for amateurs to hear oh, that yeah. like at your level, you're being paid to compete. You're being, you're incentivized to win and you're not racing because of it, because mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're thoughtful of the long term, and you want the longevity versus like, mm-hmm. you know, I have friends that will start a race injured mm-hmm. and it's like, and, and then they get kudos on Strava. It's like, Oh, you're a badass. You're amazing. You're yeah. so inspirational. Fuck that. You're an idiot. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. like, but yeah. I get, I get it that, that it's, it's hard in this cycle because we, we reward we reward it toughness, and we, we yeah. reward toughness. And so you're a wimp if you, mm-hmm. if you don't start in conventional society. Um, and so we need, we need these types of stories where like an, a, an, a good comparison is I listened to a podcast with uh, Ben Rosario mm-hmm. and we, he was talking about um, running the day after a marathon. And he said, look, my athletes are professional athletes. They don't have to do anything besides perform. Mm-hmm. None of them run the day after a marathon. If there was anything to be gained from running the day after a marathon, don't you think they would be doing it? Don't you think I would be yeah. having them yeah, do it? Exactly. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. And and he's like, and I don't get it why other people do it. If these people who their sole job and the only reason they're being paid not the only reason. Yeah. The main reason they're being paid is to compete and to win mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and to to achieve peak performance. They're not doing it. Why are other people doing yeah. it? So, yes. Thanks. Long story short. Yeah. Thanks for putting putting that out there. Um, a line that, that I love is listen to your body when mm-hmm. it's whispering before it starts to roar. Oh, yeah. And and so, I mean, I'm, I've been guilty of it in the past, too. Like, I used to be allergic to rest days and... Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah, I'll just fight through it. Um, you know, I'll, I don't want to lose fitness in two days or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't run for two and a half of the days leading up to coming to Tahoe. And I was mm-hmm. freaking out that, like, oh, my my race is in jeopardy. And, yeah. you know, I lost all my fitness and I'm slow and, you know, all that crap. Um, but I've had some of my best racing after taking an extended mm-hmm. taper or taking an extended um unplanned break and and I didn't think of, at all about what the purpose of that time off was during the race mm-hmm. it just it, it was just in in the back burner um so yeah I think that that part about you know listening to your body before something you know catastrophic happens uh is huge and but it's not easy no, it's not. And I think that ultimately it should be part of your practice, like part of your routine, like, you know, all right, so maybe you do like fat burning nutrition for your training, but then, you know, a month before a race, you start doing gels and start practicing with nutrition or you're doing heat training for Western States. So you start that, you know, I think the same goes for the taper, but I think oftentimes that taper isn't really um, completely recognized in its full form. At least I know for myself, I can almost feel it in my legs is that I need almost like a week off. I'm starting to learn my body. And it's like, I need a week off to like let everything settle. And almost like my muscles feel like they're 
Like they're not bulky and they're just feeling kind of. So do you feel good in the taper? I felt awful. Okay. Yeah. Awful. I mean, that's kind of why I like pulled out because I was just like, what is going on? Like, but generally do you feel good when tapering? Okay. No, not at all. Um, and I think I need more time. Like, I think I push the training too far up to the race. Like Lake Sonoma, I felt like crap, but I think going into Westerns now I feel really good because I've taken like three weeks off. But I think part of the reason why I pulled out of Western States is because looking at my peers too, it was like, wow, everybody is putting in, you know, still putting in their top mileage weeks and everybody's tapering this perfect bell curve, you know? And I just think that looks different for everybody. And it definitely looks different for me because, um, I'm just now getting into like, you know, high running volume mileage. And I think like Alex Varner is one of my close friends and he's like, you can do Western States with 60 mile weeks. Like what Claire Gallagher does, you know, he's like, you just kind of have to, your body just needs to be strong. And I think I just kind of overdid it in terms of what my body could handle before a hundred. And, you know, my hips were screaming at me, my knee was screaming at me. And I was like, I took the two weeks off and now I feel like super energetic, can't sleep because I have so much energy. And it's like, wow, the body is pretty amazing. If you actually give it some time to be and to like bounce back. So I've learned a lot from this and it's definitely something that I will start, um, implementing in the future and into whether it's a 50 K race 50 or definitely for next year. Cause I'm gonna try to just race two races. I'm hoping to just do the golden ticket and get one and, uh, and then just do Western States and that'll probably be it. Cause I feel like so many people try to cram like some other performance and it's like a hundred mile race is <laughs> yeah, I can't even comprehend. <laughs> like, yeah. Like I can't either. And so I think I might also be in the same boat with a lot of people that are, you know, trying to do hundreds for the first time and like being in that like elite category. I'm like, say what <laughs> we're racing a hundred. Like, I so how does the yeah. comparison game play into it? How do you, how do you avoid, how do you stick to your own guns and stick to what you know works for you while also following, you know, your peers on, on Strava, on Instagram and things like that? Oh, that's really tough. I would say for me, um, it's really just got to listen to the body and from also heart rate training has actually really helped a lot to keep you honest. Yeah. To keep me honest, because if I keep my heart rate at a certain zones for my easy days, then, um, it allows me to see what other people are doing. And it's like, it's fine. Like I feel confident in what my, my body is able to handle. It's just, as soon as I start to like focus on adapting or like ramping up for a specific race, then I, my body can kind of get angry or flare up. Um, how do you specialize for a race? Um, I just do specific, I'll just do a specific, specific workouts. So I'll pick, I'll do one workout a week. Um, whether it's like trying to get turnover, um, or if I'm trying to do, um, I usually build my long run if I'm trying to do a 50 or more. And that's what I was trying to do with Western States. But because I had that 
um, world distance race. I thought I could handle it, but I definitely learned that you cannot train for a mountain 50 K that's like fast and technical and also be really ready and fit for a hundred. And I'm really bummed that I wasn't able to see that beforehand, but I guess you live and you learn. Yeah. <laughs> Lessons learned. Yeah. Um, so we've also talked about both picking a goal for this year and not picking a goal for this year. Yeah. So how how have you been approaching the rest of this year? Um Well I have approached it by just going for one race, like picking one race so that at least I have something that's in the immediate future but not um too soon enough where it's going to stress me out. So I'm I picked Tina 50 cause that's in November. So I have plenty of time and if my body isn't ready until then, then it's not ready until then. And other than that, my goal is to just be able to be happy in the mountains and be out doing what I love. And then if I jump into, I was actually looking at doing, um, a Cirque series. It's like an eight mile race this weekend on Saturday at Utah. It's like, well, maybe I'll do that or, you know, maybe I'll jump into Speedgoat. Maybe I could go and do Sierras and all. I'm into that in August. I could also do OCC. So it's like, there's, there's definitely, it's all there, but since I've already kind of like felt that emotional roller coaster and how much I really wanted to do Western States, it's just like the goal is still Western States and, but 2020, I have a year. Yeah. So it's like, and I know now that like, I have the mental for like mental, um, I guess I have the mental endurance to think that far ahead. Cause I think that that's what goals take is to have the perseverance and to say, all right, put my head down and like, let's do this, you know, like have that fire and let it fuel. And Hey, if I do Spigo and I win great. If I do OCC and I win awesome. If I win TNF great. But Western States is that goal and maybe I'll be disappointed next year and that's fine, but I'm going to keep trying, you know? So it's just, yeah, so it's just you, part of it. Yeah. So you mentioned the fire and, and searching for that fire and making sure it's, it continues to be lit. Where does that, where does that come from? Um, I, you know, I really don't know. It's like, it's just the passion I think for pushing, my body to that limit, but finding that perfect line of, um, fitness. And it's such a hard line to find that when you find it, there's just no better feeling. And I think does flow come into, that's what I was going to say. That's a term that comes into mind is that flow. And, um, for me, the flow occurs most when I'm training And I kind of get into this Zen feeling sometimes where I'm like in a blizzard in January doing my long run. I'm like, why am I out here? You know, like what is going on? And then I like get really emotional and like, I'll get into this state of flow. So for me, flow doesn't mean like, you know, like winning a race. I hardly, I've never felt flow. I've only felt flow once in a race 
other than that, it's just always in training. It's always in training. And so I think for me, it's just like getting to that feeling of like when you take that stride and you're running, you know, 20 miles and effortless. you're just like, oh my, like we're here, like we're, and then it's like, there's just a teeter and then it like, and then something happens, you know? And so it's like, I'm just trying to gain that. And like, if that lines up and matches up with a race one day, it's just going to be You're just like, going to have the day oh, of your life. Man. Yeah. Like I'm, you know, and I think that's how you break records. I mean, that's, you know, there's some people who have that gift or who are able to do that. You know, like Jim is like, seems like he's constantly in flow, <laughs> you know, but I feel like for him, I'm sure if you talk to him about it, I'm sure that there's something for him like that. It's clearly not enough because he's still doing it. So, um, you know, I don't know. I've told people, I've told like two people in Boulder once we were sitting down and they're like, what, how do you, how do you, what's going to be like, what would take you out of running? Like what would be, you would just kind of like drop the mic and be like, boom, I did it. And I was like, you know, that's yet to be thought of in my mind. And I think I'll know. And everyone will know if that moment ever happens, you know, if it's just, who knows what's that epic for someone, you know? Yeah. Because I think once then you reach that, then there's only, attaining more more so i don't think like even breaking well, western states record i don't think i would be like all right i'm out by community by <laughs> running like, but that's the know? thing with that's the thing with with um uh, uh an achievement like winning a race versus versus flow i think yeah. that that flow is repeatable and mm-hmm. it feels phenomenal yes. and like I'm get. I was getting the goosebumps when you were talking about it because yeah. I vividly remember um, running down Donner Summit or Mount Judah mm-hmm. um, over at Donner Donner Pass in November. And I was running with with a friend Brian Brussel, and we had we were on like mile twenty nine. Yeah, and he looked at me and he's like, "Dude, I have a problem," and I was like, "What's your problem?" And he was running ahead of me, and he turns around, and he goes. I can't stop fucking smiling. Yeah, 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 <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, yeah, and I'm totally. like, I'm like, bro, I, bro, feel, I have the yeah, same problem yeah, right yeah, now. This yeah. is amazing. Yeah. And, and this was, um, this was 29 miles into my first 50 K. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was like, here, yeah, I remember. was like, I can go forever Ever. right now. Yeah. And, and we were cruising downhill at this time. And like that, like I live for that. Yeah. And, and, that feeling of like you could do this forever. Mm-hmm. It feels amazing. Everything is mm-hmm. right in this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a similar conversation with Magda on on this podcast, and basically mm-hmm. one of the things that she said was like she lives for those moments, yeah. and and it's training and it's the day to day process that allows you to have those moments. Mm-hmm. You can't run twice a week. And no. get that. You can't run once a week and get that. You can't train for four months out of the year and take four months off and mm-hmm. get that. I think that's why that that people who run often and frequently love it more than people who take breaks. Oh yeah. And so mm-hmm. it's it's finding that balance between like what is too much for you mm-hmm. and what is what is gonna get you to that holy shit, this feels amazing yeah. state. And I also, now that I'm thinking back about like races and whatnot, I think when we're injured and we're not, or we're not, we're sick 
or we just can't run. I think sometimes what creeps in is the ego and the race, you know, like when really we have to prioritize or rearrange, rethink what that feeling is. And I think that's sometimes what you need, people need to do. At least I'm seeing for myself is like, okay, turn off the strop. Don't just get off everything. And then you start to think like you're laying in bed with a cold or you're like, I, I don't know. I feel like my foot, I think I have a stress fracture. And then you start <laughs> to like freak out, you know, something's going up, going on. And then when you realize that it's all okay, or you get past that hurdle, I think ultimately when you get on the other side of that hurdle, you're like, all I want to do is run. Like, remember that day a week ago when I was just like bent out of shape because I was supposed to get in a 20 mile run, but I only got 15 in and I was beating myself up and I kept trying to push. And now here I am broken. I think when we get to that stage where we're not loving it and we're trying to shove it in for the race, um, then that's when things start to fall apart. And that's kind of what I was starting to feel a lot of stress trying to do two races. And I had already committed a flight had already committed to go do the team thing before Western States was even like going to happen. So I think feeling any kind of pressure from the outside or the inside, I think any kind of change or anything that is going on, whether it's like, Oh, my kids are sick and Oh, my husband needs more time for me or work is really demanding. Like you have to honor that extra little bit of stress or whatever it is that's going on and say, you know what? It's time for that rest day brags. Like it's time to take. A yeah, stress days. is stress. Yeah, stress is stress. Take a week off. You know, let your body. And it's really hard because you're in it and you want that flow and you're driven and you're you want that consistency. We all want that consistency in running. But I think it's really important to say, hey, you know, what are we doing here? Like, am I having fun now? Like, once running starts to not be that fun, then you got to take a step back. Definitely. Um, what gets you really excited? Just in general? Yeah, or with running. Oh, I was like, I'm a dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very appropriate yeah, answer. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love Fosco. Um, I would say with running in general, um, yeah, I get amped to run in the woods. And I, like, especially vertical mountains and getting up on top of peaks. And like I said, with my dog, with Fosco especially, she is always happy. I feel like sometimes if I'm pushing a workout or trying to like get a certain amount of burden and I'm doing laps and I'm just like, I can just feel this like frown that's on my face, you know, like I'm just like, you're going again. I'm just like, Meh, you know, I'm just like getting after it. And yeah. And Fosco's like this, why don't we just go over to that peak? Like, why are you doing the same one? I'm like, well, I got to do a 15% grade and I've got to do this five times and I need to get 5k in. And, and Fosco's like, Dude, it's time to just go jump in the lake now. I'm hot, you know? And I think I need to, like, I've been kind of keying off her a little bit more. And when she's not having a good time, I'm like, yeah, I mean, either. Should we call it? It's been two hours. Like, I want to do this again tomorrow. And I know EO Wang did 30 miles today. I went up Tam three times, but I'm going to do six miles today, you know? And it's just like, who cares? Like, yeah. Do your thing. <laughs> um, what is it about getting on top of peaks that, that you love so much? Um, I think I, I just feel so full and so alive. I think there's just, I don't really like running downhill, but I love just getting to that place where 
my heart is racing and my mind is clear. Like there's nothing, I can't think of anything because I'm just kind of uncomfortable in the state of like euphoria. But then you get to the top and it's like that struggle in that moment is all worth it. And then you have 360 views of the surrounding peaks. And then you have this, I have this imagination of like wonder and amazement of what our world is and what we're able to do. And it's just like, thanks and gratitude, like grat or grat. Yeah. Gratitude. And just like, just fully. Yeah. Just full, I guess of everything and all things good in that moment. So, yeah. What are you, uh, what are you scared of? Oh man. Honestly, I'm scared of injuries. <laughs> I'm, I think I might be like borderline. Um, what do you call it? What's the word? Hypochondriac. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like I will think that there's something wrong and how do you keep that in balance though? Um, and like, how do you know when to listen to it and when to say, you know, shut up legs? I, I'm still trying to figure that out. Cause I, like, I wouldn't run, run downhill or on pavement in college because I was afraid I was going to hurt my knees, but it was like, it was just in my mind. And so I think I'm like slowly, I don't know, just learning what a niggle is, I guess. And like when you're, when you're heavy, when your legs are heavy or if like your foot's kind of hurting, it's like. Do you just kind of go easy for a while? Do you cross train? I think we all have that, but, or have that, I don't want an issue, but, um, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out, but I think being able to go have like a, a doctor that you're feeling really like have a good relationship with, um, who's not going to not say waste your time, but they're not going to just check you off and be like, yeah, your body looks good. And you're like, no, no, but really like, you know, I run, treat me as an athlete, treat me as yeah. an athlete, you know? And I think that's what I got from visiting this clinic in Sonoma with Tracy Hogue, um, who's also an ultra runner. I was like, okay, I swear my knee, I feel like I have like patella tendonitis or I have a tear in my hamstring, I swear. And then they're like looking me over and doing all these different diagnoses and they're like, you are good. Like you are a hundred percent. Like I think it's a ghost thing that you're feeling and you just have this tightness and like the stress that's just like you're putting on your body. And, um, and I definitely have some serious tightness in my, in my, um, my hip, but, um, it's like, dry needling goes a long way, finding that maintenance that, you know, like 10 exercises that really support you, that you feel that you can go to, to help your weaknesses, I think can go a long way. So that if you ever have a little niggle, like if your foot, you know, if you have something that keeps flaring up, it's like, okay, what can I do to like maintain that? And instead of letting it go and just going and running, feeling good anxiety wise so that you can always go back to that routine. Like I have like 10 things that I'm starting to implement now to like help my hips be strong so that I'm not in this constant, like, Ooh, is this going to flare up again? Or like, am I hurting myself? I don't want to get into, like, I don't want to fall into some kind of trap or some type of hole that I can't get out of so that I can get back to the flow state that we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> Yeah, let's here. let's get yeah. you know, let's get to that flow state. Yeah, that, yeah, it's yeah, just the best. Yeah. 
Um, well, anime, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for for chatting today. And yeah, uh, where can we find you on social media? Um, I think my Instagram's anime Flynn and Twitter. I'm not on much, but it's am Flynn Runner. I think <laughs> that sounds right. Yeah, it sounds all right. You can find it. Um, and uh, Facebook's just Anime Flynn. So cool. Yeah, I think that's about it. And Strava. Awesome. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. That's it for today's episode. Like many long runs, it's sad when it has to end. I hope you join in next week on For the Long Run. And in the meantime, happy trails. If you've enjoyed this episode, it would mean a lot to me if you shared it so that others can find it and enjoy it too.